Man, we are so excited that you're here. And, man, God is doing some amazing things right here this year. Have a look around, y'all. Like, we finna have to break out some more chairs. All right? So it's a, that's a good thing. All right? We're excited that you're here. We really are. And we're so pumped. All of you online, all of you in the room, we know that God wants to do something great. He wants to touch your life today. And we're going to jump straight into it. Um, we're going to bounce around the text quite a bit. So I want to encourage you to watch the screen a little bit. But if you want to follow in your Bible, you can. Um, but let's go straight into it. Choose joy. Turn to your neighbor and say, choose joy. All right, now this time I want you to look at them, all right, and I want you to say, like, hey, listen, that thing on your face, right, and show them a mirror, all right, choose joy, all right. Isaiah 61, uh, we've used this text every week, and in Isaiah 61, uh, what happens is the prophet Isaiah gets a glimpse of who Jesus is hundreds of years before Jesus comes on the scene. And so he describes him like this in verse 3, he says he's going to give them, sorry, he's going to give them the oil of Joy. Say joy. Say joy. Say it like you believe it. Say joy. There it is. Say the oil of joy for the morning. And then he's going to give them the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And so God wants to give you this gladness, this joy, this, man, peace about you where joy is interacting. And it doesn't matter how many know that you can have joy even if your circumstances in your life don't seem like it. And so he wants us to have joy. And then he also says to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, how many of you have ever woke up and you were already dressed for work? That that, that don't happen, right? Now, maybe you got got dressed beforehand, right? Now, some of y'all are like, hey, listen, 2020 COVID, I'm only getting half dressed in the morning. So technically, I was dressed for work. Like, them Zoom calls will get you. But anyway, so, like, we come in, right, and what he's saying is, The garment of praise, the garment of praise, the joy that's available to you means you get to put on the garment of praise. Now hear me, and this is what we want to understand in this Choose Joy series. The praise is available to you, but you still got to put it on. And for many of us, we're waiting for our circumstances to get right so that we just think we think we're going to automatically have joy because things went well for us. How many know, no, no, you're going to choose joy. No, no, no. Until you get it, I'm going to keep saying it. You're going to choose. Choices lead, feelings follow. In other words, even if you don't feel like it today, I'm going to choose to have joy. Even if you're driving in traffic, I'm going to choose to have joy. Even if the McFlurry machine is broken, I'm going to choose to have joy, right? Because we can have joy even if our circumstances don't. Here's the thing about joy, though. You've got to go looking for it because it's not looking for you. There, there's, there are already things in your life trying to pull joy out of you, so it's up to us to go looking for joy. So we're going to choose joy one more time. Turn to your neighbor and say, choose joy. And I love the Apostle Paul in the Bible because if there was ever a guy that had a reason not to be joyful, it was Paul. Right? Five times he gets the 39, the 39 lashes that Jesus got. He got it five times. Right? Then he, his ship sinks. He's shipwrecked. And then he floats around in the water for a day and a half not even knowing if he's going to live or die. Finally, he manages to get to an island. He gets on the island. He builds a fire, and then he gets bit by a snake. Like, he had it hard. You know what I'm saying? And then he got stoned. And I'm not talking recreationally, okay? Like, I'm not, so, so, so it's like, well, at least he got some relief. Like, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about, okay? Like, so, the, so then he, listen, Paul had a reason to not be joyful, right? But here's the thing about Paul. 
Right? He writes this in 2 Corinthians 6.10. He says, I'm sorrowful. And every time there's a word, every time the word yet shows up, I want you to say it with me, okay? Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich. Having nothing and yet possessing everything. You know what that means? It means he was aware of the fact that he had a reason to not have joy. But every time there's a yet, that means he chose it anyways. And in your life, there's going to be reasons why you shouldn't have joy or you couldn't have joy or you wouldn't have joy. But what we're trying to communicate in this series is we're going to choose to have it anyways. We're going to choose. This is the day that the Lord has made, right? And I'm going to rejoice and be glad. I got the joy, joy, joy. You know, where, Baptist, where y'all at, right? Joy, joy down in my, where? Right, you know, so, so we, it's about joy, and what do you do with a guy like Paul? You know, Paul, Paul was one of those guys, like, they're like, Paul, we're going to kill you if you keep preaching the gospel. And he's like, to live is Christ, to die is gain. If you kill me, I'm going to see Jesus. I'm good with it. And they're like, fine, we're going to throw you in prison. He's like, perfect. The last time I was there, we almost got the whole prison saved. So throw me back in there. We're going to light it up. All right, it's going to be great. <laughs> and I'll just finish the book I've been working on anyway. So like, I need some time alone, right? So like, you, you couldn't bother this guy. It didn't matter what you threw at him. Like, he was just in his zone all the time. Why? He was connected to something that was bigger. And in the last two weeks, we talked about two things, right? We, in week one, we talked about the bigger picture where we said joy is obtainable when you find your why. And some of you need help finding the why behind your existence. Here's the deal. You're breathing for a reason. Now, some of you don't believe that because you gave up on a dream a long time ago. Listen to me. You're breathing for a reason. God put something inside of you that he wants to use to make an impact in other people's lives. And if you don't know what that is, we want to help you with that. That's what Next Steps is for. To get you connected to our church and to get you connected to your purpose. And you can just, right after this service, you can just go down there. We're going to give you pizza and a whole lot of good stuff. But we're going to help you get moving. So if you want to come join us, come join us. But here's the deal. The second week, last week, we talked about the clearer picture. And we talked about the idea that joy is realized in your relationship with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. I know some of you are like, I don't do that spirit thing. Like, I watch paranormal activity. I'm not, not happening, right? And it's like, no, 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 we're talking about the spirit of God. You see, Jesus said, I have to go. When he was on earth, he said, I have to go. Because I can only be in one place at once. But the Holy Spirit, he'll be with you always. And for those of us who put our faith in Jesus, we're connected to the spirit of God that can continue to feed us with the joy of God, regardless of what goes on around us. That's good news, my friends. And so God leads us. But today I want to talk to you about purity. Say purity. This is probably one of the harder ones out of all the sermons for the Choose Joy series, but it's also the necessary one. So, Because uh, I believe that too many of us can't have joy because we're carrying around too much. Like we got stuff we haven't dealt with yet. And, and uh, at my biggest, when I graduated high school, uh, I, I gained weight like everyone else does. Um, I, I found more of it than I think everyone else found. Um, and so I'll never forget, I was going to be part of a wedding. And so for, with one of my friends, and I was like, man, like, I'm try- I don't want to look smaller. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, I, like, I don't, you want to, you want to, I can't lose that much weight in three days, but I can make it look like I did, right? So I bought, I saw this ad because, you know, I guess Facebook was listening to my conversation with someone. So, uh. <laughs> So I was watching this ad, and it was like a girdle for dudes, all right? Don't judge me. I don't even want to hear about it, okay? 
But it was one of those things, and you put it on, and it tucks it all in. Y'all know, like, it just kind of, you know, like, it, and when they, when they showed it to me on the dude that wasn't even really that big, it really worked for him. So I was like, I ordered one. I put it on. I look like a can of biscuits, all right? Like, it was just like, it was, like I was, this isn't going to work. You know what I mean? So, but here's the deal. Like, I had that thing on, and it's, ladies, I know y'all, like, rock these things more often. Like, y'all, so you'll sympathize with this. After two minutes, like, my back hurt. My side hurt. I was walking like a zombie from a movie. You know what I mean? I was like, man, I don't even know if I can do this the rest of the day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because here's the deal. It wasn't that I changed how much I was carrying around. It was that I was just working harder at hiding it. Y'all know where this is going. Far too many of us. We got some stuff in our life we're dealing with, and it's not that we changed anything about us to actually get rid of this problem. It's that we've just changed how we let everyone else see it. And God's saying, no, 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 if you'll let me deal with it, then you'll carry around less. Since that time, I've lost 40 pounds. All right? So uh, that's, not, that's, yeah, that's not a selfish plug. I mean, maybe. But, you know, it's like... Uh, but all that to say is here's what I want you to grab a hold of. And we're not there yet. We got a ways to go to get healthier. But I've lost 40 pounds since then. But here's what I know. I sleep better. I feel better. I feel lighter. You know what I mean? Like I can almost jump higher. No, like, I, like and, and I really want you to grab a hold of this. For some of you, and this is, I genuinely believe God wants you to hear this. For some of you, that'll, that if you'll hear it, he's speaking to you. If you'll finally get rid of what you're carrying around, you'll sleep better. You'll feel lighter. You'll feel better. And God's saying, if you'll let me show you these areas of your life and you'll finally move them out of your life, I'll show you what life really looks like. Because God wants that for you, my friend. And that is where he's going to help us choose joy. Hebrews 12.1 says it like this. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a large crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. See, some of us got some, and I'm not talking about like you're trying to run a 5K and you need to lose some weight. I'm talking about there's some spiritual weight you're letting slow down the purpose of God in your life. He says, and especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. What God wants you to understand is if you'll deal with the sin, you can start moving towards purpose at a faster pace. And so today, I want to talk to you about dealing with some of those things we have inside of us. Because here's the deal. I always thought that, man, like God came on the scene to take all my fun away. I thought, I thought God came on the scene and was like, all right, listen, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, and you can't do this. And it's like, all right, then. You know, I thought you got extra credit for enduring Christianity. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to go to heaven, and it's going to be miserable all the way there. But, we, you know, like, we're, we're going to get there one day, right? So, uh, but here's what I realized. This God-filled life is amazing. And it's not that God wants to take anything away. If we look at John 10, 10, it actually tells us the enemy who comes on the scene is the one that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He's, but Jesus says, but I came, see, he's a giver. He said, I came that you would have life. And you would have life more abundantly. So when Jesus comes on the scene, I'm not trying to take things away. Yeah, there's areas of your life that probably shouldn't even be there. But I'm here to give you something better than the thing you think you want to keep. I'm here to give you a life that's worth living. And then on top of that, I'm going to give you an eternity that's worth having. And so he comes on the scene. He says, I want you to be joyous about this. This is great. 
And so there's three things that sin does in our life. And I want to show those to you because here's the deal. I don't think convincing you that sin is bad is my job. I think we all got that part figured out, don't we? Like, there's, the reason you don't tell other people about it is because you already know you shouldn't have it. Can we be honest in here? How many of y'all got stuff that you're hiding that you know deep down in your heart God wants to deal with, you just haven't dealt with it yet, all right? Seven of us, perfect. The rest of you, it's called a lying, and you're dealing with that publicly right now, okay? So, <laughs> you know, but, so we've all got a few things that we're dealing with. So sin does three things. One, it steals our joy. Sin steals our joy. And man, sin is such a good joy thief. In Psalms 32, 1 through 11, this is what David says about joy and about our sin. All right, he says this, blessed is one whose transgressions are forgiven. Blessed, now that word blessed doesn't mean like you get something special. That word blessed literally means happy. Joyous is the one whose sins are forgiven, right? Whose sins are covered Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit there is no deceit. And what he means by there's no deceit is in your spirit, there's nothing standing between you and God. And in your spirit, you're, you're not holding back some things that you think nobody else sees, right? And, and I remember, how, how many of you have ever done something bad and you knew your parent was going to find out about it soon? Like that season between, oh my gosh, and they're going to kill me, right? Like y'all know that like train, like... I remember I was younger. I was five years old. I don't know why I remember this, but I remember it vividly. I was five years old. My sister had porcelain dolls. They were the creepiest things in the world. But she had porcelain dolls, and there was this one set of three. They were triplets, right? And they were worth a lot of money. And I don't remember what I was doing, but I broke one of them. Yeah, that's what, yeah, I said that. Right? I was like, oh. And, so, um, and my, I knew my dad was coming home soon. And he was the one that helping my sister collect these dolls. He was buying her the dolls and all that stuff. And I knew he was coming home soon. So I don't know why in my brain I was like, I need to go lay down. Like, like it's going like to go away. You know what I mean? Like, like maybe if I sleep this problem, it won't be a big deal. So I went and I laid down. And it, like my stomach hurt. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, like. Why? Because there's something that's happening that I'm not okay with. And hear me, some of you, your anxiety, the, you can't be the blessed like they're talking about here. You can't be joyous and happy because there's something standing in the way. And it's keeping you up. At, it's, it's hurting you on the inside. And God's saying, I know about it. You know about it. So why don't we just deal with it? Like, why don't we just, why don't we just kind of do, and, and I'll never forget my grandma uh, who had the same set of triplet dolls sent over hers before my dad got home so I didn't get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know when he found out about it. It was probably last service. He said, wait a second. No, I'm just, uh, but, <laughs> but hear me, she, she, she sent over, she paid for the doll. It, it didn't, she didn't have to. But she loved me <laughs> so much, thank God. She sent over her doll to replace a broken one. Hear me. Jesus loves you so much, he sent an un- God loves you so much, he sent an unbroken son to pay for the broken ones. Hear me. He's got you. 
He knows about it. You know about it. He said, let's deal with it. It keeps on going in Psalm 32. It says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through the groaning all day long. You ever felt that way? Like, you know, you got something you need to deal with. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me and my strength was sapped. Some of you, you can't even muster up the courage to go to work tomorrow because of what you're dealing with on the inside. And God says, I've got that. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts him. And then that last line, it sounds like this. <laughs> yes. He says, rejoice in the Lord. And be glad, you righteous, you righteous, sing, all you who are upright in heart. He's talking about declare the goodness of God because he's meeting you right where you're at. And hear me, I even want some of you to grab a hold of this. Some of you are having a hard time even singing in worship because you have a hard time lifting your hands to a God you're ashamed in front of. And can I say something? We've all been there. But God's saying, if you'll give it to me, you'll be able to stand in front of me and sing with a glad heart, knowing that I've already taken care of that. And hear me, friends, God's got you. The second thing, sin kills our lives. Sin kills our lives. And it's not, not literally. It's not that it kills you physically, although I think sometimes it can cause such a, a rift in our body that we start to lose sleep and we start to get unhealthy. But it's talking about it kills our jobs. It kills our marriages. It kills our dreams. It kills our relationships. Sin drives a wedge between us and God, and by default, it sometimes drives a wedge between us and people. And so sin comes in and does that. I remember uh, when I was younger, I was a teenager, and I, uh, uh, in my, between 13 and 17 is when I really wild out. <laughs> uh, and I just, I, man, I got into drugs. I got into dealing drugs. I got into uh, just a life of complete chaos. And I was, I, was bored of, I was practically living with another person but still at home. And there was this whole thing. So I would be over there a lot. And, but my mom still used to, she would still do the parent check-in. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like parents, y'all know what I'm talking about. You got teenagers. <laughs> you're going to be where? With who? <laughs> no, like I said, uh, you're going to be where? You're gonna be with, like, they're going to be, the parents are going to be there. Like, they, she did the check-in, right? And I was like, yeah, it's no big deal, man, whatever. So I went over there. Well, at 1 a.m., because surely my parents are asleep at 1 a.m., right? Uh, we left and went uh, to a hotel, uh, and we were just getting into stuff we shouldn't have been getting into. And I get a phone call from my mom at 1 a.m. And I'm like, you know, what do you do at 1 a.m. when your mom calls, right? <laughs> Ignore. Okay, so I was like, I was asleep, Mom. That was crazy. I don't even remember that. That's wild. Uh, then she called me again. I was like, all right. I just, so I answered the phone. And I don't know, my mom has this connection with God that's scary. Because you can't get away with anything. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, so uh, she called me and she said, hey, your dad is at the house you're supposed to be at right now and you're not there. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> uh, and so, and she said, so you need to get there because he's going to take you home. You, you, how many of y'all know that ride back to that house, there was some, you know what I mean? Like, I felt worse than you, a Taco Bell at 1 a.m. kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all know what I'm talking Like, it was rough. I, that nervousness, like, oh, my gosh. And hear me. God allowed these things. He, he took where I shouldn't have been, and it started killing aspects of my life that, thank God, he reached out and found me where I was. And hear me. The sin in your life isn't a disqualification process. It lets grace become the qualifier to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. 
And some of you have allowed sin to disqualify you. Sin doesn't disqualify you. Jesus qualifies you because he defeated your sin when he went to the cross. And so what happened uh, is two weeks after that, God shows, uh, showed me in a dream. He, I, I'm not one of those super, like, I have dreams all the time. But I was, I was in my dream, and I was aware that I was dreaming. Y'all know, like, y'all you know, ever had that? Maybe not. Whatever. I was aware, and I was, he showed me what my life was going to look like if I didn't change what I was doing. And I'll never forget, I woke up from that dream in a cold sweat, just heart pounding. And right there in my bedroom, God brought me to himself, and I got saved that day. Hear me, I grew up in church, but that day I got saved. And God rescued me in that moment. Weeks after that, just a few weeks after that, I go to a youth conference, and uh, God calls me to be a pastor. And hear me, in six weeks, I went from drug dealer to called to be a pastor. And I want you to grab a hold of something. Nothing else changed. You see, the world around me hadn't changed. Matter of fact, here's where I found myself, if I'm being completely honest, and I think some of you can sympathize with this. I found myself consumed by guilt and shame over who I used to be, but so consumed by who Jesus was that I could no longer continue to be who I used to be. And I allowed guilt and shame feeling like the church was judging me, which they weren't. Hear me. If you look around this room, everybody is worried about their own problems and not worried about yours. Okay, so I don't know what church you might have grown up in, but this ain't that church where everyone's looking at you. Trust me, we are all looking in the mirror like, oh, my God, I got to get this together. Anyway, so, like, but I, I want you to understand, I, I went through this journey of I, I feel too much guilt and shame to be this person, but I love Jesus now too much to be this person. And I became stalemated in my life because I didn't allow the sin that was in my life to be completely moved out of my life. And the enemy would love nothing more than to keep guilt and shame in your life long enough to never let you move forward. He said, I'll let you go to heaven. You're just going to be miserable the whole way there. But what if we could get rid of that stuff so that we could let joy set into our heart on the way there? And that's what God wants to do for us. And then lastly, sin destroys our identity. Sin destroys our identity. Psalm 38, 4 and 6 says this, uh, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I'm bowed down and brought low. And some of you, you've allowed your sin to become who you are. You've allowed what you do or what you've done to be the identity of how you live your life today. My grandfather was a drug addict. My dad was a drug addict. I'm going to be a drug addict because that's just who we are. No, no, no. The Bible says whom the son sets free is free indeed. And hear me, when you're connected to the spirit of God, he says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. And today you don't have to stay where you are that's robbing you of joy, that's robbing you of peace, that's keeping you consumed by guilt and shame. God's saying, no, 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 if you'll let me deal with it, man, I'll show you what life looks like without it. And so it continues to destroy our identity. I want you to grab a hold of this quote. We cannot be guilty and happy at the same time. We cannot be guilty and happy at the same time. So do you know what the most positive word in the Bible is? Repent. Some of y'all are like, uh, no, listen, I heard repent growing up in church. And that was when 20 people jumped on somebody at the altar. There was a lot of screaming and crying. I don't know what happened. Okay, No, 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 that's not necessarily what we're talking about. Uh, and we're also not talking about the walk of shame. You know what I mean? Like who, 
today, who wants to repent? You know, like someone's got to get up, walk down the center aisle, like, me, right? That's not it either. Let me show you what repentance looks like. You're going this way. And this way is whatever way life has brought you from. And when you repent, it literally just means, now I'm going to go this way. And what the Bible wants for some of us is that repentance would set into our heart to change the direction of where we're going to pursue God and what he has for us. Because in him is the fullness of joy. So what does it look like to go after God? Well, in Psalms 51, David writes this psalm. Now, to be clear, David's a man after God's own heart, all right? So I know like, there's a lot, of, a lot of times when men read about David, they're like, man, this dude is soft, playing the harp and stuff. It's like, yeah, 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 but he killed a lion and a bear with his bare hands, so don't pop off too quickly, all right? So, but he, he, David writes this in Psalm 51 after he sleeps with another man's wife and then has that man sent into war and killed on the front lines, all right? So he wasn't exactly in his all-star moment right here. But he points out four things that I want you to grab a hold of. And as he identifies these four things, we're giving them to you very quickly today. These are four things that as we read through Psalm 51, we can see that if we'll live our life in this process, God can keep us close to him and restore joy. And it's really simple. Wash me, cleanse me, create in me, and restore me. All right, we're going to give them to you very quickly. Psalm 51, 2. He says, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And what you have to grab a hold of today is that it is our responsibility to daily choose to put to death my old sin nature. How many of you got some residue of who you used to be still inside of you? Right? I do. Listen, you would not be proud of me as your pastor if you saw me at 8 o'clock in the morning on Highway 29. Because they've been doing road construction for three and a half decades and nobody can drive. All right. So uh, uh, I'm going to be very honest with you. If there's ever a black Toyota Tundra behind you with a lift kit and it looks like the guy driving is doing this. I guarantee you it's me. But I do have a bit of an anger problem. Uh, and many people are like, you laugh too much to have anger problems. It's like, <laughs> no, so, uh, so, but uh, I, I, I have historically had anger issues my whole life. And, and choosing joy is one of the ways that I deal with that, honestly. Uh, because I allow God to take that thing away from me. But I have to choose to do it daily. So you want to know what happens every morning at 5 a.m.-ish? I spend 30 minutes with the Lord saying, God, give me more of you and less of me. Take away that thing in me that wants to be angry, to get vengeance, to any of that. God, more of you today and less of me. And when I do that, I'm better. Because it's more of God and less of me. And for some of you, you need to choose to each day. Maybe you need to write it on the mirror or on your kid's forehead. Whichever one you see first in the morning, you know what I mean? Like, oh, there's Jimmy. Oh, put to death my old sin. Okay, so Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, 
since you've been raised with Christ, set your heart on things that are above where Christ is seated. For some of you, you keep putting your heart on who you used to be rather than letting God help you through the power of the Holy Spirit become who he's calling you to be. He said, put your heart and your mind on things above. Right? Psalm 51.7. Then he goes on, he says, cleanse me and I'll be clean. And, and what he's saying there is, is, why would you need to be washed and cleansed? Well, hear me. You're washed of your, if your faith is in Jesus today, God has forgiven you of your sins, past, present, and future. He's got you, he's taken care of you, and your faith is secured in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and your faith and grace is afforded to him. He's got you. But how many know, just because you've been washed of your sins doesn't mean you've been cleansed of it. Like the analogy I use is like, how many of y'all have ever seen the NFL players that get popped for like marijuana? You know what I mean? And it's like, you make $80 million this year and you're going to go down over $20 worth of weed? Hear me. It's because for some of them, they grew up in environments where that was normal and you can take the boy out of the hood, but it doesn't mean you took the hood out of the boy. And for some of us, we've been forgiven of our sins, but that doesn't mean our sins have been cleansed out of us. We're still dealing with the old us. We're just doing it in a new place. And what, he, what the psalmist is saying there is, you've washed me and you've forgiven me, but now cleanse me and take that out of me, that stuff that's still in there. And how many of you guys will admit, for those of you, you love Jesus, you walk with the Holy Spirit, but there's still some hood left in the background. Come on, somebody. Like, all right, good. Making sure we're all on the same page. There's still some stuff that you are dealing with. God's saying, you know, I want to cleanse that out too. And one of the best ways that happens for us is in small groups. Because we got to admit what we're going through to be forgiven of it. Can I get an amen on that? Like, like, how many of you right now want to come up on stage and tell everyone in this room what you're dealing with? Nobody, right? Two reasons. One, it's none of y'all's business, okay? And two, I don't trust any of you. Okay, so uh, that, that's the two reasons why we don't want to do it, right? And I get it. So you go to a small group, and on the very first day, guess what happens? You tell everyone your deepest, darkest sins. Okay, no, I'm kidding. That's not what happens. Okay, some of y'all are like, I'm unsubscribing from that small group. No, that's not what happens. Okay, you show up the first week, second week, third week. Maybe you don't tell anybody any of what you're going through for weeks. But you meet somebody and you go, I feel like I can trust this one. And as you build that relationship, you say, hey, this is what I'm actually going through. And they say, man, let's deal with that together and get it out of your life. And here's why this is important. Because some of us need someone else to shine a light into the dark areas of our life. Because our life looks like we're walking around in a dark room, tripping over the sin we've yet to deal with. And sometimes it takes somebody else walking in and shining a light on and going, hey, let's deal with that. And that's a healthy thing. And so we need to daily release my past and take another step toward freedom. Daily release my past. I'm letting go of that. I'm not that anymore. I'm going to take a step towards freedom. So I talked to you about, I told you about the girdle. <laughs> Busted can of biscuits? Okay, so, ah, yes. Here's the deal. As I was gaining weight through that time, because I, I didn't wake up one day and was like, where did this come from? You know, like the Santa Claus, the movie The Santa Claus. <laughs> that didn't happen, okay? Like, this was a much more long process. But here's the deal. I could stand in front of the mirror and convince myself that I hadn't gained that much weight. Y'all know what I'm talking about? When you stand in front of the mirror, you're like, no, I look good. Exactly like I looked in high school. <laughs> False. Okay. But then you walk past another mirror in your house and you're sideways. 
Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like you just walk in and say, oh, where did that come from? Here's why relationships are so important when you're talking about dealing with your sin. Is sometimes it takes somebody else with a different angle of your life to see what's going on in there. Because hear me, we can all look at the reflection of our sin and be like, ah, that's not that bad. I know Jimmy over there, he's way worse than me. Right? But somebody else comes along and it's got a different angle and says, hey, man, that attitude's still sticking out. That, that addiction is still showing. When we hadn't dealt with that yet, let's deal with that. Let's, let's let God take it away because you'll find more joy in the fullness of being free than you will continuing to be in bondage. And so God wants that for us. Number three, quickly, daily pursue God's plan for my life. Daily pursue God's plan for my life. Psalm 51 says, create in me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit. Renew, bring back to life that thing that I lost track of, that purpose, that destiny, that fulfillment. Bring that back to me because I want that again. Some of you, you, the dream died in you because you didn't think you could ever see it happen because you convinced yourself the only life that you can live with God is one of guilt and shame. And he's saying, not only do I want to wipe away that guilt and shame, I want to give you purpose and destiny. And again, I'll say it one more time. We want to help you find that in Next Steps. Today, after this service, as soon as we in, you can go down the hallway to the Next Steps room. We're going to give you lunch. we got child care uh, for it if you have children. But we want to help connect you to, again, to the church because this is going to be part of it for you, but also to your purpose because this is all going to be part of it for you. We want to help you get you moving towards the plan that God has for you. Why? Because number four, Psalm 51, 12 through 13, restore to me the joy of your salvation. For some of you, this will make sense. Some of you might not. You remember when you got saved? You remember the joy you had when you got saved? You remember like this world can't shake me feeling? I'm ready to walk through hell with a super soaker. You know what I mean? Just like boom, boom, like just. Why? There was something, man, you, there was joy there. Like, oh my gosh, God did this for me. This is amazing. But somewhere along the way, life helped you lose that. And what he's saying is restore in me the joy that I had before when I remember not all the things that were done wrong, not the stuff in my life that's still jacked up, not the fact that my kids are going buck wild every day, right? Not the fact that I feel like I'm unsure of my career or my degree or whatever. No, no, no. Uh, Restore in me the thing that I'll don't lose. Restore me the joy of my salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors, those that are far from you, your ways, so that sinners will turn back to you. Which gives us number four as we wrap up today. Daily live a life that impacts others. In this building everywhere is a lot of people wearing badges and lanyards. They're called the dream team here at TC. And they're my heroes. These people are amazing. They're running cameras right now. Production Chris, I see you, man. Right? They're everywhere. And you want to know what? They found their gift, connected it to their purpose. And if you ask any of them right now, Dream Teamers, where y'all at? Just real quick. Can I get it? Right, right, right. Okay. They're, they're in the room right now. You want to know what mantra we live by? Hey, Dream Team, we don't have to do this. We? We live a life where we get to make an impact in other people. 
Come on, somebody. That's a, we wake up ready to do this. We had a dream teamer one time. I'm almost done. I went over. I'm sorry. We had a dreamer one, dream teamer one time. I was with her when she got asked the question. Someone said, what do you do? And she said, I serve at Transformation Church. They were asking her what she did for a living. She said, I, I serve at Transformation Church. They said, you get paid to do that? She said, no. They said, no, what do you do? And she said, oh, I, I, I have this job. She said, but I live to do this. And hear me today. There's a life worth living where you get to make an impact. If it, for some of you, God has given you the gift to, to work with little kids and to speak life into them and to love them and to encourage them. And hear me, down the hall right now is 20, 30, 40 kids that hear me, God wants to use your gift to impact their life. For some of you, maybe you love to sing. And you can. <laughs> that part's important. Okay, so, but... There's a process by which you can do that to impact me. How many of y'all appreciated when Jonathan, Jonathan's first week back on the team, he sang that song, and I said, come on, somebody. I was here Thursday when they were practicing, and I was mid-conversation with Charity, and Jonathan started singing. I said, hold on, wait a second. What, what is it? Right? Because there's a gift in there, and hear me, how many of you were touched today when he used his gift? Hear me. He's not the only one with a gift. You've got one, too. Whose life are you going to change because you used your gift and the Holy Spirit moved when you used it to connect them to God? That's what he wants for you. And there's joy in it. And so I want to encourage you today. Next steps is how you can make that possible. But a life that impacts others, man, that's a joy-filled life. Because hear me, this last point will wrap up. Joy is more than a feeling. It's a way of living. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that you're so good to us, that you're gracious to us, that you carry us. Oh, the joy that comes from knowing you. So God, the sin in our life that each one of us knows we're dealing with our own personal sin problem. But you're bigger than our sin. You've already defeated our sin. So God, I pray that today you point your finger into the dark areas of our hearts. Show us the thing that needs to disappear so that we can find greater joy and we'll choose to have it because you're good. We thank you today for each one, God, that needs joy today. I pray that they leave with their heart lifted up, their head lifted up, their spirit inspired to go after you in a greater way that they could know you more. In Jesus' name, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed today, if you're here today and quite frankly, you don't know God, maybe you know about God, but you don't know him. That sin that separates you from God, Jesus paid for it on the cross. And today, if you want to know him, the Bible says we'll repent. Like we said, turn away from our sin. But he says to put our faith in Jesus that when he died on the cross, he paid for our sins. And that grace will be given to us to, to wipe it away. And today, if you want Jesus to reach you where you're at, today, if you want to be forgiven, today, if you want a fresh start, through the grace of Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you today, he's ready to give it to you. And today, if that's you, we want to lead you in a prayer today. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer puts words to the actions of our heart that says, Jesus, I'm believing in you that you paid for my sins today. I'm going to give you my life. But we want to pray a prayer together to put the words to the actions of your heart. 
to declare that Jesus is now the Lord of our life. And the whole church is going to pray with you so you're not praying by yourself. Even those of you that are online, let's pray together. So church, let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, one time, let's give it up all across this place. Man, awesome, awesome, awesome.